Headliner Radio, the creative voice. We're with uh, Jerry Harvey, uh, founder of JH Audio. Jerry, how are you? I'm great. Hi, everybody. Good, good. Jerry's company, JH Audio, a beast of an in-air house. Um, Jerry's got a long history in in, in in-air monitoring. Um, We are basically at an unprecedented time. Um, Live shows are stopping, uh, and it's about survival and and preparing for uh, when we come out of this. I mean, how have you guys been been reacting to it all, Jerry, and, and how has it affected you? Well, obviously, the coronavirus is devastating the live concert touring industry sound companies to equipment manufacturers to engineers i mean you name it production managers tour managers everything has just kind of come to a screeching halt we're lucky enough to have a, an audio file uh, following so that's been kind of getting us through but we still had to make some very deep cuts we've got uh, we've got about 80 percent of our staff uh, furloughed right now mm-hmm. we're just waiting for the concerts to, to start back up and then i'll, I'll bring everyone back yeah um in the meantime, we've just been, uh, you know, just redesigning the product so it's slicker, uh, more durable, and goes together a little easier. Mm-hmm. And uh, um, just kind of changing the look, sharpening everything up a bit. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and what kind of process um, is that? What kind of things are you doing that, uh, without giving away any, you know, secrets or anything? Are, are there little bits and pieces you're streamlining? Uh, you know, as a, as a guy that's run businesses for a long time, you know, you know that there can be ups and downs, but we've never seen anything like this, have we? No, no, this is craziness. This is un- unprecedented. So we'll just see. Uh, we'll just see how it all pans out. We'll we'll still be standing at the end of it. We may look different, but uh, we'll still be standing. But um, as far as the product goes, we've come up with a totally different approach on making the earpieces. Okay. And we're in the process of during this, uh, this downturn, taking the time we have on our hands and, and redesigning the products. Instead of being what's called a, a UV cure product, which is a uh, technique that I developed in 2000 when I started the Ultimate Ears Lab, and every in-air monitor on the planet's made that way. It's either made by a hand pouring the ultraviolet material into a, a cast and then exposing it to light, mm-hmm. which makes an acrylic shell. Or you can actually print the acrylic shells these days with uh, 3D printers, which which we do um, as well. Yeah, that's amazing. But yeah, we yeah, but you know those pieces all look kind of like plastic. They all look kind of cheap. And what we've done is we've been working the past two years to do a new CNC milling process for custom earpieces. So what we do now is we still do the digital scan and then we turn it into a, uh, a CNC file where we program the tool pass. And then we basically mill uh, a very accurate shell and a very accurate faceplate. We can put the sound bores in, we can put the pockets for where the, the components set and the piece goes together very cleanly and it's a very machine professional piece. We've right. also incorporated a new seven pin sweat proof connector. Um, that's really slick. And we've also incorporated um, a new uh, 3d printed chassis that goes inside the milled shell. So it's exact. And these are all for custom pieces, not just one size fits all. Mm-hmm. And then we've reworked the, the soundboard where we have a very nicely milled, uh, two millimeter deep uh, acoustic chamber that extends atop the high end frequencies. And we've got a piece of uh, material in there that stops any kind of sweat or wax from going down. So they're easier to assemble. They're more reliable. They look really nice. Even if we print them out, I mean, uh, mill them out of a 
a block of resin. They still have nice machined edges to them and nice rounded edges. Mm-hmm. And the beauty of having the CNC process is we can mill them out of carbon fiber. We can mill them out of resin, resin and wood. Uh, we just did a really cool piece. If you look on our Instagram for, for Duff McKagan, it was, uh, the faceplate was milled out of copper and we, we put his uh, skull logo in there and we patinaed the faceplate and we buffed the, buffed the logo where it's nice and bright. And we put it on a shell that was, uh, made out of, uh, copper, uh, copper, very fine ground copper, mm-hmm. and then put it into like a green patinaed resin. So it's, I don't know if you've had a chance to look at it, but it's on our Instagram. Check it out. I'm, I'm looking at um, it now. I'm trying to find it. <laughs> it's a, yeah. It's a pretty crazy piece. Oh, I've got You'll it. You'll notice it. I've got yeah. it. Wow. So for people that haven't looked at these, and this is for any any musician, you know, any artist, aspiring, emerging, of course, these are high-end pieces, but there are there is a piece for everyone, Jerry, isn't there? There is a piece for everyone. Uh, that some The lower-end models, the uh, from the uh, the 11 down to the, the 10X3 and the 3X, we'll still make those out of the uh, the uh, 3D printed materials. Mm-hmm. But, and we, you know, even, even with those pieces under the, the printer, we can still do a variety of, of shell colors. Most people, most comp- uh, my competitors only do a, a clear shell mm. and they'll do, you know, some cool artwork on the faceplate, but we'll still do colored shells and all of that on the, on the UV cured side. But what's nice about the milled side is it just, it opens up uh, possibilities and we're the first company to figure out exactly how to mill a custom shell the technology and i've seen this uh, i've seen the shot myself a few times it is bewildering how these guys and girls are making this stuff and how you're inventing coming up with these ideas you have to you must have to remain really really fresh the whole time and what's amazing there jerry is that you're telling me about how all these things that are changing you, you know your focus is clearly quite incredible and i suppose it has to be if you want to be prepared to go bang out the blocks when we're ready to go back out touring again because the kind of tweaks you've made there they sound that's really quite inspiring to hear it you're really thinking of your customers and and your people aren't you i'm thinking about the user experience mm. and the reliability of the of the earpiece mm. and it's we've been working on this but when you have a full factory and you're you know cranking out a product all day long mm. it's very hard to to find the time to go this deep into a process so now we've been working pretty much nonstop. These are all things that we've been wanting to incorporate. But now since we've had this, this lull in production, we've been able to actually put it all into, um, into place where we can make, you know, we're not really changing the cost of anything, but we're just making things much slicker and much more, much more durable. I mean, these shells are much stronger than a UV cured shell. Mm. Uh, it's just a better quality piece. It's a professional piece for a professional musician. Brilliant. That's excellent that you can uh, be doing some good during this uh, this downtime. Um, so the Q&As on, uh, on Instagram have been interesting. Um, we get together and uh, chat to some of the leading um, monitoring engineers, um, all sorts of people. Uh, and that, that's been fun, hasn't it? I saw the first one with you and Kevin Glendinning, who I know well. Um, how have you found those? Oh, it's been a lot of fun. Uh, we're, every time we have a few more people show up, I think there's a lot of content out on Instagram and Facebook now because mm-hmm. everyone's at home. So yeah. you're vying for an audience out there. But what we're trying to do is just create a platform where up-and-coming engineers and musicians that are doing their own mixes mm. can
can ask the professionals, you know, what their techniques are and how they set up a mix and what they would do in the situation. Every engineer approaches how they mix differently. And it's nice to be able to have, you know, the, the beautiful thing about our market is that we, we have roughly in America for sure, 90% of the professional monitor engineers using our product and all the top performers and uh, their engineers have a depth of knowledge and, you know, they're cool. They love to share it. And it's uh, really nice to be able to, to open that platform up for the up and coming guys that don't have the experience and haven't been in, had the luxury of sitting in the back lounge of a bus or the front lounge of a bus, picking the, picking the brain of one of the top engineers sitting across the table from you because you're the third man on the PA crew, right? Yeah, absolutely. Now, it's what a lovely thing to do. And it is nice. There, see, there seems to be, I mean, obviously, I can only speak from the UK, but the people I've spoken to from the States, from Europe, everyone seems to be driving as positively as they can and trying to be creative. You guys are clearly being very creative. I've been speaking to quite a few people and uh, engineers, yeah. uh, manufacturers, and everybody's in the same in the same place. I mean, we just have to weather the storm and, and get through this. Uh, and we didn't realize how much we missed live performance until it was taken away from us. Sometimes we can be, without knowing it, we take things for granted, the, the basics, you know, freedom, being able to go outside, you know, uh, it's funny, what, well, not funny, ha-ha, funny, strange, in the sense that when that's taken away, you do start thinking deeper about things. Um, uh, and, and, you know, acting positively on them is obviously the right thing to do. From a creative standpoint, I see artists are making more music, they're doing these together-at-home performances, you're doing your bit there with helping the up-and-coming engineers that can talk to you and other engineers. That's excellent. So hopefully there can be an educational element to this uh, while we while we sort of sit in this fairly dark place uh, and try and see some light there, which I think we are. Yeah, uh, you know, just trying to stay positive mm. and supporting each other. Uh, it's uh, you know, every, you know, it's okay. We're we're getting all these you know performances on the internet and people are putting out content, but nothing replaces standing in the middle of a an arena or a stadium or a theater and the house lights go down, the crowd cheers. And then, you know, the kick drum hits and you feel that in your body. I mean, it's the only way that you're going to experience that is good. You know, is is a big PA system in a big room with a lot of people. And it just adds another depth to, to, to music, you know, when you feel it like that and just larger than life. So hopefully we'll get back to that in the next six, eight months. Yeah. And uh, everyone, uh, you know, takes the precautions when they do go there. Yeah, absolutely to, uh, right. Yeah. To let it build up. Well, that's the thing, isn't it? How we do it. I guess I guess it's going to have to be, uh, I, I guess, little by little. Uh, we don't know, do we? That's the mad thing. None of us really know what's going to happen. But I guess the large, large events, they might have to wait a little longer. If we do it correctly and we go little by little, you know, maybe it gives a, a, an opportunity for some aspiring and some sort of club talent to, to get out there and, and be seen. Uh, who knows? Let's hope that it, that it encourages some smaller venues to stay open or reopen doors. Yeah, it's going to, I believe that the, the, the smaller venues will be the first to fill up. Mm. I mean, let's be serious. As soon as they lift, uh, they, you know, they, they lift this. The first thing that's going to happen is everyone's going to the pubs and everybody's going to the bars. And if you're going to have that many people in a pub and a bar, you're definitely going to have a, a band performing. And then it's going to go to theaters and arenas. And hopefully we get back to where we were. Mm. I, I think it's going to take, uh, some sort of a, a vaccine or, 
I'm not sure. I mean, I wish I had a crystal ball to see how this is going to mm-hmm. turn out. Yeah. I do know that we will have concerts in the future. Yes. Yeah. It's really hard to put a mark in the sand of when that might happen. Right. Yeah, exactly that. Exactly that. Um, and talking of, uh, concerts, what some of these, uh, uh artists are, are putting in their ears. Um, Jimmy is the latest. Well, I, I don't know if it's the latest. You seem to, every time I speak to you, you've thought of another idea for another product, but I think Jimmy is the, is the most recent that, uh, that we can talk about. Isn't it Jerry? Yeah. Jimmy's the latest piece that I designed. It's a, uh, kind of an odd configuration it's a seven driver which normally we go with even components twos and fours because of the way you can wire them mm. but uh the it has a really um really nice sounding old school driver in it that just does mids very, very well so it's it's a pretty large driver it's as you know it, it's as large as a, a quad driver it's just a single driver and it has this very familiar sounding uh tonality to it so i based it around i started with the mid driver tuned the mid driver the way that i wanted it to sound and then added the added the top in and added the bottom and uh quad on top and then a dual on dual on the bottom but i was i tuned it differently than i tuned anything else i actually thinking more of an analog vinyl sound it doesn't have like a sub bass bump the bottom end has you know the the low drivers instead of having a you know a big bump between 50 hertz and uh, and 100 hertz right and uh kind of a really steep roll off um you know this really steep low pass um i basically made that the bottom end you know they resonate to 10 hertz and it's going out to about 180 it still has kind of a, you know, frown, but when it comes up, it comes up, it sounds almost like a Led Zeppelin kick drum. It doesn't sound like a, a disco kick drum, if that makes any sense. Right. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. I've kind of rounded this and I've, I've added a little bit more mid than I normally do. Yeah. And the top end's not hyped at all. So it's a very natural, uh, pleasant sounding earpiece. It sounds very warm and very analog, very detailed. Uh, the mids sound amazing on it. And, uh, so that's kind of how I came up with that configuration. I was, you know, I, I just wanted to, to give it just a little different contour than usual. It's kind of funny how I develop product. I start with a, I'll start with a component. The Lola, uh, I mean, I worked with, with Slash, uh, on that because the dynamic drivers in the mid range of that piece are very sympathetic to distortion. Uh, a guitar distortion and snare drums, any of that, that mid, you know, I've just, I've, you know, I've, I found out over the years that a lot of people think that the bass is, um, the dynamic drivers do bass better than anything else, but they actually mm. do mids better than, than low end, definitely better than the top end. There's usually no high end extension in a dynamic driver. But so when I was listening to, you know, guitar uh, tracks and stuff with this, with this Lola, uh, I sent it out to Lash because Slash because I wanted him to to give me some feedback on what his what his guitar sounded like through mm-hmm. it, and uh, he was blown away because it sounded like he was standing in front of his Marshall cabinet, right? Yeah. So, uh, and uh, so that was that that piece is an is an amazing piece. It's more for in this current configuration. I think it really benefits guitar players the most. Yeah. And yeah, I, th- you know, I think just like a songwriter, whatever you're working on is your favorite, but I'm going to yeah. tell you, as I go back through and listen to my, my pieces, 
I still think that the Layla is still the best sounding piece that I've ever, I've ever developed. It just, every time I go back to it, it just, sometimes things just work. I mean, you, you've come up with a recipe and you don't know what it's going to, what it, what's going to come mm. out of it until you put it all together. But that piece is one of the pieces that actually, even when I go back and revisit it, it's still, you know, still the top, the top piece that we have because it is, it is probably the most accurate, mm. you know, you could, you could master a record on that piece. And, uh, you, you can, so that's yeah. kind of the high watermark. I keep trying to, to improve on that, you know, and also we have to realize that, you know, I'm trying to give the best performance for a certain price point. Yeah. Uh, and like, that was part of the, the Jimmy we're, we're restructuring some of the pricing. The Jimmy is, you know, we're getting that down to a price point where it has super performance and it's, you know, the price point is, is you no know, half or less than half of what a, uh, a Layla cost. Right. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, we're trying to give performance. I won't put my name on anything if it doesn't do the job, but obviously just like automobiles, you know, the higher up the the product line you go, you should have an improved performance. Yeah, absolutely. It makes sense. And I'm just scrolling through here to look at these. I know a lot of these, anyway, you know, you still got the jet, the 3X Pros are 600 bucks. That's a great piece still in its own right. The, what, I, what I was getting at earlier, these aspiring artists, it's not out of reach to save up to get your first set. And then you get hooked, I suppose. <laughs> and then you, then you tend to keep your customers for life, don't you? Yeah, I tell you, if you if you were to actually shop us against the competitors, the eleven, the last product I designed at, at Ultimate Ears. Yeah, I mean the eleven and the one right below that, the ten X three. Those two pieces are workhorses, and they sound amazing. They're cost effective, and they're you know they're battle proven. They've been around for a long time. Yeah, and I, I I'm also thinking about reintroducing reintroducing the seven, which the seven yeah. was an industry standard. For years, so we're thinking about you know reintroducing that into that that kind of entry level lineup and that earpiece. It, it, to this day, I still get requests from people saying, "Hey, I just need a seven. And you know, we discontinued that piece years ago, but people still it lives on in spite of us not you know having it on the website, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. This is great, though, isn't it? And if you look at some of the people I've, I've talked to, engineers over the years, that, um, and you know, I'm thinking things like Justin Timberlake and and these kind of guys that are using 16s or 16 V2s, sometimes even 13s or like you say 11s. Sometimes you know these guys don't uh, they don't need to have the, the the top if they like what they like. Sometimes the engineers are saying, "I'm trying to get them onto Layla's because they're better than this one." We think, but they love their 16s, and you know they're they're just happy using, they like what they like, don't they? Uh, I suppose that's like picking your favorite guitar. If you, if you, to move along, even though you might have evolved the design and made them better, sometimes the elite artists are, are hitting maybe the mid-level ones. The one thing that I, I do know is that artists become very familiar and very comfortable with a certain sound signature or tonality. Mm. And even though we as engineers and manufacturers think it's better for the artists, Sometimes it's not. John Oates, you know, he wanted something with more of a, a forward vocal. And I demoed the, the Angie to him. I dem- demoed the Layla, the Roxanne. And he's like, oh, I love the Angie. And it seems that with that flat bottom end and the plateau, you know, from 1K to 5K, like four and a half, five dB tall, to put the vocal up front, that that piece has been the piece that, that singers have gone to. Now, 
Would I sit down and want to listen to high resolution music on it? Not necessarily, but mm-hmm. it's a tool for a certain job, right? But so, and as a monitor engineer, what you have to realize is that your job is, it's like Burger King, you know, have it your way, basically. Mm-hmm. What they win in America here, it's, a, it's kind of the tagline for a, a, a fast food restaurant, right? Have yeah. it your way. Yeah. But there have been, you can't really question what makes her, you know, whether it's good or bad. It's just only if it makes the artist comfortable to perform in front of people. So I've worked for artists that I've come up with, with sound, you know, uh, whether it's a monitor sound tonality or an ear mix that when I listen to it, I would have never ever put that, that tonality and that mix and the way it sounds together because it just doesn't sound right to me, but that's what the artist likes and that's what gets him through the performance. So, you know, it's not for me to judge as a monitor engineer. It's not for me to judge what, what sound I come up with or what earpiece an artist likes. Mm. Just, you know, that's what makes them comfortable. That's what makes them perform. And, you know, you know, front of house is a totally different animal, but we're just talking about, you know, uh, a monitor uh, mix for an artist to, to perform. You obviously were an accomplished monitor guy, and and hence why how you got into this. Um, but if you look at the technology, and you'll know this, Jerry, as well. You've worked on some of these consoles yourself. But look at the technology that's happening at monitor position now. You've got such fidelity. You know, um, uh, 96K coming out uh, of a console into ears. You know, it's even more important. Artists, you know, the expectation, I guess, the artist requires high fidelity and expects it. So you're constantly, I suppose, as as the console companies get better, everything is setting a standard in its respective field. And you have to keep doing that yourself, I suppose, don't you? Yeah, it's a law of rising expectations. Mm. That you have to continue to push the push the envelope in all technologies as in the beginning, the you know, the improvements are huge improvements. Like mm. we went from a dynamic to a balance armature was a, was an improvement, mm. you know, the compromise on both of them. Then when, you know, then I brought out the dual driver and then, wow, it was like a, it was a hundred percent improvement. Then, you know, the seven was maybe a 20% improvement. And then we started making, you know, 10% improvements and it's 2% improvements. And then, you know, it's like, it's hard to, in the audio world, whether it's a PA system, a, a monitor, an ear monitor, to keep having huge improvements from one model to the next, or, you know, as you go through, as time goes forward. But if you take a piece, you know, you go back five, five PA systems compared to what's going on now, then you've got maybe a 30% improvement and that's huge, but it doesn't come in big chunks anymore. It's like you fight for two, five percent two, five, 8% improvement. And uh, then that compounds as you just keep moving forward in time, if that makes any sense. It does. Yeah, it does. It's uh, you can tell you've got that, the way your brain works is, is unique. I suppose it's like any creator. The way you're thinking about things is really interesting to listen to, Um, you know, striving and looking after your people, looking forward to bringing everyone back on when we're better. Uh, Who knows when that'll be. I think you're doing the right thing and and hats off to you for it. Oh, thank you, Paul. Yeah, we're, we're always, we always try to do this, you know, the right thing. We like yeah. to take care of our, our employees. We take care of our customers. We want the user experience to be spot on. We want our employees happy and making money. And, you yeah. know, it's, uh, it's a very challenging time now. Yeah. And, uh, one of the hardest things I've ever had to do is go in and start making cuts because we, our order flow, it, it went down. Yeah. But one thing I do know is that, 
you know, we did strip down to a smaller crew. I think as far as America is concerned, we're the only U.S. company that is still manufacturing product every day. I mean, we're still putting product out. It's not, you know, like when we're in live touring, but I think a lot of our competitors are shut down. They're, you know, they're eight, 10, 12 weeks of lead time. We're still five to 10 days of turnaround time. And as the orders flow increases, we're going to stay with our five to 10 day turnaround time because we'll start bringing people back to, to support the increased order flow. So, wow, you know, so yeah, so I, like I said, it's, you go to any of my competitors, you're right now, you're eight, 10 weeks. If you put an order in, well, they don't even know because they're not working right now. So they don't know when they're going to be able to start building product, but we're still building product every day. I've got, you know, a 8,000 square foot, uh, a manufacturing facility with uh, nine people. So everybody almost has a thousand square feet to themselves. So we're do- definitely doing, uh, you know, the spacing. So the, so people are on top, on top of each other. We're very socially conscious where, you know, everybody has a mask on, everybody's taking care of every, you know, I mean, it's, we're doing it responsibly, but we didn't shut down because I just could not, not be able to repair somebody's pieces or, put new pieces out into the marketplace as people need them. When the touring turns back on, people are not going to be able to wait eight to 10 weeks for their products. They're going to need them now. Mm. And we're, we're hoping to be in that position to turn it around quickly. A really interesting angle on this. And the fact that you're still putting product out at that regularity is fantastic. So, you know, good, good stuff and lots of light at the end of this uh, tunnel that for once the whole world is in the same position. Isn't that bizarre? It's so bizarre because what normally happens when the economy turns bad, you know, alcohol consumption, uh, going to your local pub and going to concerts, uh, they're usually recession proof. They're usually where the increase happens, right? Everything else is, is, uh, is, uh, falling off, but yeah. you know, everybody going to the pub doesn't fall off and people yeah. go to, to concerts because they want to get a little bit of a, uh, a break from reality. And that's how they do that this is a totally the first time in my life and anyone else's life, probably that the entertainment industry led, led the downturn. Exactly. In that. the sports industry. Exactly that. It's it, yeah. It's always there for us, isn't it? The entertainment industry, you know, we're there. If, if there's a disaster in the world, there'll be a big music concert. We'll, we're raising funds, the audio, the, and I'm talking the, the engineers, the crew, everyone, as well as the artists, that whole fraternity, if you like, gets behind and helps. Now it's them that need help. It's, it's crazy, Paul. Mm. Yeah. Just the main thing, everybody stay healthy out there and, you know, let's get through this thing. I can't wait till we all, uh, we are all standing in a building and the sub base is hitting us in the chest again, you know, <laughs> that's, that is a nice smiley. That's a nice smiley thought. <laughs> okay. Jerry, with a beer in hand, yeah. obviously. Okay. Exactly. Thank you so much. And, and I hope you and your family are all well and uh, my love to your team. Cheers. Thanks a lot, Paul. Cheers, Jerry. All the best. Bye-bye. Headliner Radio. Supporting the creative community.